Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Neil, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, Josh. How are you? Good. Uh, I've actually, I know we weren't going to say anything about our personal <laughs> lives, but actually something just came to mind. We, we do have a talk before every episode about like what, yeah. what we, what, what's okay to say, what we want to say, what we, you know, what we kind of want to stray away from. Uh, we just decided, you know, let's just talk sports, but Hey, something that was popular this time Neil, let's go. last year, let's something go. that we talked about in deep detail. Oh no. Uh, I'm not, I think you I'm know where I'm going with this. I actually don't. Um, we're about a month and a half, maybe maybe six weeks away from the your favorite day of the year, oh, which is Christmas. Okay. <laughs> um, but something that I did yesterday uh, was take some time out of my morning, go down into my storage, pull out my artificial Christmas tree. Yes. And I thought I was just going to bring it up, and that escalated into me spending two and a half hours putting Christmas decorations, yes. a tree, decorating the tree. Going the full nine, putting Christmas lights on my balcony. Really? My condo. Did you do it? Like, was Claire there while you did it? Or? She was, like, working, like, from home. Okay. She had nothing, no involvement whatsoever. It was just me and my she element. no involvement. She no just involvement. watched you do it. Just, well, she didn't watch me. She was in the office doing it. came out, and it was a winter wonderland <laughs> outside of the office. Love that. And, um, yeah, so November 15th, six weeks before Christmas, just under six weeks, Wow. I look behind you where usually your Christmas tree is, Josh, <laughs> and no Christmas tree. So and this means, Neil, that you have your Christmas tree up before I do this year. Yeah, how do you, but how do you feel about that? The, how does that make you feel? The The argument, Josh, wasn't when we put up the tree yeah. last year. It was when you took yours down <laughs> because I believe it was mid-March or it early was, April that you took yours time. down. It was definitely past Valentine's Day. I remember that. And I think it was closer to Easter that I took it down. I don't see anything wrong with that, Neil. I so really you'd rather don't. put it up late and take it down late. No, I'd rather put it up early and take it down late. I just haven't had the time. I've got some stuff going on right now, so yeah. I haven't had the time to actually put up a Christmas tree. But I will say, ironically, yeah. Um, tonight my girlfriend and I are actually putting together the tree and putting up all the decorations. Like we have a plan to do it tonight. 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 Tonight's tonight. So literally you yeah. caught me on the one day that I didn't have it up. So glad that we're doing this episode before you put it up. Before so I can call your ass. So you out. can call me out. I mean, don't get me wrong. We'll we will be sitting here in, in April and I will still have the Christmas tree up behind me. All right, we'll see. I'll hold you to that. I, I mean, mean that it's when is when is too late to put it? I, I guess, to, or sorry, let me rephrase that. When is too early to put it up? Because I feel our friends to the south of us in America, yeah. they usually, their rule of thumb is waiting until after Thanksgiving weekend, which is next week, I believe. Yeah. Next weekend. So not next this weekend, weekend next, next weekend. weekend. Yeah. So they're waiting until late stages of November to put up their tree. Us here in Canada, we don't give a fuck. It's usually for mine. Me growing up, my rule of thumb was always the Santa Claus parade, and God knows which when is that like is early year. November. Early, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's usually early November. I used to live actually right next to where the Santa Claus parade went by. So, like up on Bloor, I used has, to. Has it happened already? It's, it's happened already. I, I guarantee it's happened already. We've we've had we must have had the Santa Claus parade already. There's there's no way we haven't. No. When is it? 
November 26th. Oh, they're doing it late this year. It's always, always early November. It's November 26th at 12.30 p.m. Okay, so are you inviting me right now to the Santa Claus parade? Next weekend? Next weekend. Might have to. I think I think this is something that we're gonna do. We're gonna go live go to the Santa Claus parade. Go live from the shoot your thought account at the Santa. <laughs> just get Claus our microphones and just go live from the parade. We can do we'll it. Just get on a float and do it on there. You'll see us there next year. There is no to answer your question. There is no. There is no too early to put up a Christmas tree. If if you were to come to me and say that your Christmas tree is up and it's it's pre Halloween, I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Pre Halloween. Pre Halloween. Yep. That's outrageous. I'd, I'd be okay with that. I literally so across the the building across from me right now is they've there's some people that have had their Christmas trees up since before Halloween. There's some crazy people in this world, Neil. Crazy people. I see that. But uh, I've definitely been, even though I don't have my decorations up, I've definitely been uh, rocking out to Mariah Carey and um, and all that that Nat King Cole and all the all the fun, all the fun old Christmas stuff. So yes, the Christmas stuff does go up tonight. You heard it here first. I will I will post my Christmas tree up tonight. Perfect. I mean, should we get into it? Uh, I feel like we've, we've covered <laughs> all of the essentials. Um, we're going to do something we haven't done in a long time. So uh, let's do it. Loser. Uh, nothing like Jim Carrey to get you, get you into the field for loser of the week. Uh, Neil, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, we, this is a, we haven't this had is a loser sensitive, in quite some time. sensitive topic right now. Uh, it is a sensitive topic, yeah. um, but it is a topic that I feel needs to be spoken about. I'm and, excited um, to hear your thoughts. My loser isn't so much a person. Mm. It's not even a team. It is a city. Um, and the biggest loser today on Thursday, November 16th, um, is the city of Oakland in California. And the reason I say this is because in... The last five years, it has been announced that three major sporting teams are relocating. And the reason I say that they're huge losers is because they are. You look at Oakland and they've the athletics in the MLB, and they've been the laughing stock of the MLB for how long? Long time. For so long. It's It's been just like, yeah, it's comedic at this point. The owner does not want to spend money on that team. And... Yeah, I am saying the city is a loser because they're losing their third team in five years. Mm-hmm. The team is not going to move right away. Um, it is expected over the next five to eight years that they're going to be transitioning to Las Vegas. Um, I just feel like this team is a loser because, the or city, the city's the a city. loser, um, because now anyone who is a diehard fan there is losing out on countless. They've been a team since 1968. Mm-hmm. They've had a baseball team there since 1968. They've had many, many good good years, many, many legends in Oakland. They made a movie about them. Moneyball mm-hmm. was made based off of the Oakland Athletics. Billy Bean, um, you know, really going out and, and, you know, changing the way GMs treat players and, like, seek players in, in the league. Mm-hmm. That is all gone, but, like, for good, like, reason. You look at the last two years— there's 162 games played in a year. Oakland has failed to make 110 wins combined over the last two years. No one is going to these games. There's no revenue being no. driven. It's, it's actually pretty sad when you look at the stadiums. Yeah. Vegas is one of the top cities in the States. I was just in Vegas. Vegas is chaotic right now because of the massive F1 um, 
tournament uh, race that's going on there. Um, the Sphere just recently went up. I went to the Sphere. It was epic. If you're in Vegas, you have to check you out the Sphere. To, I, it's like something like, uh, I haven't even been there, but I've just seen like Incredible. Mm-hmm. Vegas is booming right now. The Las Vegas Raiders recently moved from Oakland to Las Vegas, and they have rejuvenated their fan base. They're selling out games every night. Um, this is exactly what's going to happen with the Oakland Athletics. Um, but it's just sad to see um, the city of Oakland, you know, over the last five years become what it has in the sporting world. Yeah. I mean, like, do you think there's a rivalry now between Oakland and Las Vegas? I don't know. Vegas I, is literally like, if you're from Oakland, do you hate Vegas? Because they literally stole two of your teams. I don't know if hate is like, I would still be cheering for that team because it's the team I've been cheering, right? Yeah. Like, if the Toronto Maple Leafs moved to Markham, would you still be cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I'd feel really gross about it, but I'd still cheer. You would, right? Like, I think that's kind of how the Oakland Athletics are, or the Oakland uh, City is treating all their teams moving away. Um, I'm just more interested in what they're going to change a team name to. Do you think they're going to change the team name? You think they're going to say the Las Vegas Athletics? I feel like they have to. I I think they need to change it to the Las Vegas Aces. The Aces. Yeah. I feel like that's so good. I feel like good, that's, right? that's, that's an, so good. It's an easy, it'll be an easy transition. You go from yeah. the Oakland A's to the Las Vegas Aces. I feel like that'd be an easy transition. Yes, yeah, they can still be the A's. Yeah. Right? Like, but like Ace, Aces, you know, we got Ace on your starting. So you, you've team. thought about this a lot. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> yeah. Just time. I've given it some thought. You, you've thought about this for sure. Um, I'm going to talk about my loser of the week, and I think it's going to ease us in pretty easily to, um, to our next topic here. My loser of the week. I don't know if you saw the, I mean, like if you're, if you're involved in like sports, social media at all, or even any social media for that matter, you've probably seen the video of Draymond Green choking out Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's something I've literally never seen in any sporting game before. It's it's I'm we've we've already seen the the uh, suspension uh, came down from the NBA Adam Silver. Uh, it's five game suspension for Draymond Green. I think it should be a lot longer than that. Honestly, in my opinion, he so there was an altercation. There was a Clay Thompson was involved. Rudy Gobert was involved. There were some other people that were involved. But then Draymond literally flies in like a flying squirrel and jumps on the back of Rudy Gobert and immediately puts him in a headlock chokes him and pulls him away from the situation while choking him you can see that rudy gobert is visibly having trouble breathing he cannot breathe he is being okay, choked I out i mean that is aggressive that is he's being think, choked out he's not being choked out he's literally watch the video he has a forearm he was in a rear naked choke i get it which is a uh, choke you literally just said he's in a rear naked choke it's not just a I, don't, rear I don't believe that all of the all of Draymond's pressure was applied in that. I think he was more so just trying to get I don't think that matters. Rudy Gobert out of I don't of think this. that matters. This is not the UFC. This is an NBA game. I think with all of the stuff that like Draymond is a repeat offender. It's 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 a re like we see this stuff almost weekly from Draymond Green. Yeah. It's whether he's stepping so, on Sabonis. So you're on team Gobert on this. Yeah. I am. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm no I I'm not going to be on Team Gobert because I hate Rudy Gobert, but I'm on Team Rest of the NBA. Mm-hmm. If this is a Draymond Green versus, um, you know, the rest of the NBA, I'm on Team NBA here. 
and you know people are coming out and saying that like it's it's ridiculous what what you're seeing it's what are you showing me right now that's a choke that's literally a choke that's choke. That's a choke. You see a man. Yeah, it does. He is flexing in that photo. He is flexing. Yeah. So if, for those listeners who are not watching on YouTube, Neil just showed me a video or not a video, but a picture of Draymond choking Rudy Gobert. Can you can you see I'll, that? I'll, I'll have to post that on our social later. Can so you? Why don't you put up a, a survey as you post that and say, oh is this a choke or is this a friendly hug? Not, you okay. throw it up like that. That is two very, like, very opposite extremes. I think he did what he needed to do to get him out of the play. No. Not to get him away. No, 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 no. Right? If I, as, you know, if I'm working in a restaurant and there's someone that's, that's you know, having an altercation, if I walk up behind them and choke them out and drag them out of the restaurant by their neck, I am getting sued. I'm probably going to lose my job. I'm mm-hmm. getting sued. And there's probably going to be, like, a lengthy lawsuit. Because you can't just do that. You just can't. This is this is a job. At the end of the day, Draymond Green is performing at a job where he's choking out another player. Okay. Another employee. He's if, choking out. Here's my argument. It's Rudy Gobert. 95% of players in the league would have wanted to do that to Rudy Gobert. He's one of the most disliked players in the league. And this stems back so from Draymond. the beginning of COVID when Rudy right. Gobert... Yes joked about having covid coughed all over the mic touched all the microphones, touched all the microphones. Yes, we've all seen the video I'm rudy not- gobert didn't even have didn't even have the players on his team support no donovan mitchell is like not nah, give me the fuck off the court they this guy's on have a relationship anymore probably not no. rudy gobert is one of the most disliked players in the league I'm not coming to Rudy Gobert's defense here. I'm not. I'm not on team Rudy Gobert. That's why I wanted to clarify. I do not like Rudy Gobert. Well, I, well my point was, Josh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Is if that was LeBron. Oh, my God. Draymond would be out of the league. <laughs> no, no. Draymond and LeBron are friends. Uh-huh. Do you think Draymond would have put LeBron in a headlock the same way he did Rudy Gobert? No. Why? Why is that? Because there's a there's a long history, and if you know Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green, you know that there's a long history of them disliking each other. Mm-hmm. They've been at each other's throats, um, literally and metaphorically, for the past what three, probably four years, just like going after each other on social media. Yeah. There was one um, instance where Rudy Gobert didn't make the All Star team, and he started crying. And then Draymond Green for the next year, just like beating a dead horse and saying like he's not going to cry like he's a like he's a grown man he's he's not going to cry at anything like this so it's just like they've been going at each other for a long time i feel like you wanted to show me something what are you going to show me no that was it i just i'm not disagreeing with the fact that draymond is a dirty player because he is he's been ejected two out of the last three games yeah he's been now suspended for five games this year i feel like he's overcompensating with his physicality because his skills are declining he's just not a good player anymore you know is he's still quote-unquote self-proclaimed the defensive player the best defensive player in the league he is channeling his best Rashid Wallace (laughs) he is yeah when Rashid's skills were declining he started to become more physical and more of a dirty player and that's what they're doing right they're becoming more dirty like Donovan Mitchell went up to Draymond three games ago and lightly shoved him and fouled him because of the play previous because Mm -hmm. he got roughed up and then Knowing this, ticked off Draymond to the point where he got ejected. Get this so-called defensive play, best player on the floor out of the game. 
And then you see a big smile on Donovan Mitchell's face yeah. right after he gets ejected. Of course, of course. I you mean, know. the Warriors as as a whole, like they're it's all about like all of their players are kind of declining, right? Yeah. They, and they just brought over an agent, Chris Paul. So the Warriors are definitely not not the team that they used to be. Um, I saw recently. I don't know if it still holds up, but um, Steph Curry is the only player on the Warriors that's that's hit the twenty point mark this season in any game. And the rookie. Um, that uh, late round rookie that they just picked up, I forget his name, mm-hmm. but he had twenty points just recently. Yeah, so maybe this was a an outdated stat, but that just goes to show you that like <clears throat> there's obviously going to be some frustration on the Warriors, and I'm not trying to you know defend mm-hmm. anything that Draymond did because he, I think Draymond should have a lengthy suspension. I think. It's, I don't know. I was going to compare it to the John Morant situation, but I think that's that's comparing apples and oranges. But the fact that, you know, you look at someone who who bets on a game um, and and is out for like a 60-game span, mm-hmm. if, they, if they so much as literally place a bet on a game that they're involved in, which I get, I, I, and I'm not saying that's, that's right. I totally understand it. Um, but you're betting for your own team. Anyways, I won't jump into that, but I'm saying that that kind of a lengthy suspension and then this, someone literally physically assaulting someone. Yeah. Rudy Gobert could have permanent damage in his neck after that. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm laying out all the possibilities here. It's a possibility. You saw the picture just now. Draymond Green has large arms, and they were wrapped around Rudy Gobert's neck, and Draymond was flexing. He could have, I don't know. Okay, we'll leave it at that. I don't think he has any neck problems. I'm not saying he does. I'm saying it's a possibility. It it could happen. uh, We might as well stay on the NBA topic. Let's do it. Um, You wanted to talk a little bit about the Raptors and their uh, early season uh, performance so far. Mm -hmm. Um, We have conflicting views on this Mm -hmm. as to, like, where you see the Raptors going from here on out. why do you see the Raptors as, or why are you excited about this team right now? Because they're, I think they're five and six right now. They're a game under 500, mm-hmm. but you have optimism that they're going somewhere. Obviously they had a very, very tough early season schedule. Why do you see them above, you know, where you might've saw them uh, early on in the season or before the season started? I think um, I'm, I'm excited that this team is new. That this team is new and upcoming, and it's growing players that they didn't last year and the year before. This team has been stale for mm-hmm. so long with Nick Nurse, and I feel like you, you've seen all the players talk about it. There was an there was a dis- disconnect between the veteran players and the younger players, and that's going to make for you know an, a hostile mm-hmm. um, a hostile room, a hostile changing room. Yeah, like obviously there's going to be some sort of you know animosity on that team, and there obviously has been because you saw it on the court, and it was just stale for the past probably two to three years. And now you're seeing a new system come in. Obviously, there's going to be some bumps. The teams that we got blown out to are the teams that are being coached by coaches that used to be on the Raptors. So you look at Nick Nurse, you look at Adrian Griffin. These are these are coaches that know the Raptors system. They know not just the system, but the players. They know the entire roster from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. They know how to defend these players. They know these players' weaknesses. They know these players' strengths. So obviously Adrian Griffin and the Milwaukee Bucks are going to just stampede over the Raptors and the 76ers with Nick Nurse are going to stampede over the Raptors because Nick Nurse and Adrian Griffin literally created this team. They literally, they know Mm -hmm. exactly how to defend them. They know how to shut them down. They know how to beat them. Um, And so obviously I'm not worried about that. 
And this is, you know, with Darko coming in as the new Raptors head coach, there's going to be, like, you're not going to get it right in the first 10, 15, 20 games. You're just not. But the fact that he's, they've looked so good, the fact that they came back from that 23-point deficit against Washington, like, that's something that you need to take notice of. It's something that this team shows heart. This team shows that they, they want to compete. So mm-hmm. Look at what Scotty Barnes is doing this year. Pascal Siakam is finally looking good because he's now buying into the system and he's now like figuring out how to use his skill set in the system. But, you know, Scotty Barnes, look at where he came from last year. Look at where he is now. Like yeah. he's a completely different player. We're seeing uh, Dennis Schroeder as honestly for this team right now, Dennis Schroeder is a better point guard than than Kyle Lowry, than Fred Van Vliet. This is, this is the point guard that we need, a point guard that, you know, um, his ability in transition is not something that Fred Van Vliet has. Fred Van Vliet would literally walk it up the floor, whereas Dennis Schroeder can catch you on the, uh, the counterattack like it's nobody's business. He can, his eyes are much better than Fred Van Vliet's where he can, he can find players where he needs to. Um, and he doesn't have to carry the ball up every single time. That's one of the things that pissed me off about Fred Van Vliet all the time was that he always had to have the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder doesn't have to. No, he plays off the ball. He plays He's off so the ball. He's so good at creating and, and getting his teammates involved. That's why yeah. he has such a, such a high um, assist ratio this mm-hmm. year. Exactly. So I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking this is a team that's figuring themselves out. They're, they just changed into a new system. It is the beginning of the season. They're showing promise. There, there, there are games where they're destroying teams. It's mm-hmm. going to happen, but there's it's not going to happen every single game. You're not going to have those blowouts every single game. So just, I think you know, Raptors fans, stay patient. This team is is looking good. This team, you know, they might not have you know championship aspirations this year, but um, they've got draft picks. They're going to be working the draft. They're going to be working their their programs um, in their academy. And I think stay patient. I think um, the Raptors are missing their defensive identity like they used to have. They're giving up way too many easy buckets. Game after game, their physicality is in there. Last night, the biggest reason they got blown out by Milwaukee again is not because of, obviously, Dame Lillard had a massive Dame Lillard game mm-hmm. and went scorched to earth against the Raptors. He had a triple, almost triple-double in, in three quarters. Yeah. Almost 40 points in three quarters. Didn't even play the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But, like, the reason they really lost that game is because of Brooke Lopez and, like, the physicality down low. And, like, the reason the Raptors continue to get dominated is because of their down low presence. Jakob Pertl's great for what he does. You know, he's got length. He's got shooting touch. He doesn't have a body on him. Chris Boucher. It's documented how I feel about Chris Boucher. <laughs> yeah. That is their center's. Right, like they don't have anyone else. You have Precious Chua, who looks completely lost this year. Well, he's just coming back from injury. So does that make you forget how to play basketball? <laughs> All right, Neil's taking no hostages today. Taking no hostages, like there's there's no reason he should be given minutes if he if he's rusty. You know what I mean? Work him back slowly. Mm-hmm. Like don't give him twenty to thirty minutes a night. You know what I mean? If he's a liability on the floor and he's a negative every game, take him off. I feel like until they figure this out or make a trade, which is coming up soon, I think they can make a trade as of December 15th, getting a scorer, someone who can actually like draw the defense away from other guys, give Scotty some room, give Pascal some room. If they can acquire someone like Zach Levine, who's been talked about in trade rumors all across the board, yeah. then why wouldn't you do that? I think, you know, who else is looking good? Um, 
and who really hasn't seen a lot of playing time yet, and that's totally understandable because he just got drafted this year. But Grady Dick, honestly, he looks good. Like in the few minutes that he does get right now, he's he knows how to read the floor. Did he you hear what uh, the Toronto Raptors announcer announced yes. him in as? Big big energy, yeah. Grady Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. I don't know if that's going to stick. Mr. Big, big energy. I don't know if that's going to stick, but um, I think a lot of people are here for it. I think, you know, the, obviously the the, the low-hanging fruit is just the, the dick jokes that are going alongside of every Grady Dick chant. But um, I, I like his enthusiasm. I like him on the floor, and I think he's he's shown a lot of promise with this team. That's so good. But they're playing so many different players right now. Like, yeah. they're they're trying out everyone. Like, Darko is finding who his best five are and his bench is right now by playing everyone in it. Isn't that what the preseason's for? Like, why are you doing that mid-season? This is exactly what, um, you know, an issue, like, we've talked about other Toronto teams. An issue the Leafs had, who is their best, Who like, what line should we play in the yeah, playoffs? They were figuring that out in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of the time. It, I think it, it's it makes the most sense that they've kind of just like looked at Darko and given him the reins and said, you know, Bobby Webster and Masai have just kind of said, do what you got to do here. We believe in your system. We hired you for a reason. Do what you got to do. I, I still feel the Raptors need to trade Pascal. Which could happen. They can have pa- Pascal. We've seen Pascal and Scotty Barnes. They're clogging up the lanes. They're both needing the ball in their hands. Who would you rather have, Pascal or Scotty? Scotty, right now. Of course, you would rather have Scotty. Yeah. We've seen everything that Pascal can offer. Pascal's still a top fifty player in this league. Mm-hmm. Go trade him and find some assets that you can work around Scotty Barnes with on the floor to make sure that chemistry works with everyone on the floor. Because you know, point guard is great. If you want big dick at fucking <laughs> small guard, great. Ananobi fits big dick at, small guard. at small forward. Yeah. Um, Ananobi's not had a great season so far, though. But like you take out, if you get a small guard um, that can shoot and score, like a Zach Levine, would you not trade Pascal for Zach Levine? Just one for one? Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. Pascal because of, because of your fantasy at, like no I'm background, saying, and you're thinking, oh, I'm not enough value. For I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Pascal is a better player. Take fantasy out of the equation. Pascal Siakam is a better player than Zach Levine. You can't look at me and say, maybe Zach Levine is a better dunker. Sure, I'll give him that. But, like, Pascal Siakam is a better player than Zach Levine. I would want to get Zach Levine and something else for Pascal. Okay. Maybe Zach Levine in a first. Sure, okay. Who knows? (laughs) I'll take that one. I'll take that. But, um, yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the Clippers. Um, We saw James Harden get traded uh, a, a few weeks ago. Um, they've had just about five games together, and they've won none of those five games. The Clippers are clipping away at their their winning their winning strategy here. They're uh, they're winless in the James Harden era. They they do not know how to maneuver these these four veterans on the floor. You've got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, who is now playing back to backs, as we talked about before the show today. Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Yes, these players are big names. Sure, I'll give you that. But you put these four players, these four ball hogs on the floor together, it's not going to work. You're starting to see Kawhi get very, very frustrated on the team. Um, There's a video that came out this morning of Kawhi uh, Leonard being frustrated with Ivica Zubac. Mm -hmm. Um, Kawhi shouted at him on the floor saying, you're just standing, get down there. 
and like you see him like pushing him down into the low post um and then you see russ saying damn after being subbed out for james harden in the last for james harden in the there's last. obvious controversy here um james Harden is ruining another <laughs> locker room on another team that he's been on yeah. in the past three years it is remarkable and like he will never win a ring Span- stand by those words he'll never he win a ring do you think this Clippers team is making it to the NBA Finals? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Did you see what that commentator said about James Harden the other day? He just went off on a tangent. Tell me you've seen this video. No, I don't know. You I'm haven't bad. seen this video? Oh, my. You got to see it. If you, I will send it to you. But it's basically this commentator, I think it was NBC Sports, just went off about how, how, how uh, I was about to say Draymond again, but how James Harden has kind of ruined the NBA. And he just went off about how he... He was in Houston, and he ruined Houston, and he demanded them bring over Russell Westbrook, and he demanded them get rid of Chris Paul, and they did it. And then he left to go to Brooklyn, and then demanded to trade from there, and then he went to the Sixers, where he worked alongside Embiid, who uh, won the MVP when he was there, but that still wasn't good enough for James Harden because he wanted the reins. And so he now demanded to get traded and didn't show up to practice, and now he's at the Clippers, and now what's happening? They're 0-6. I've got an idea. What's your idea? Would if you trade you Pascal? Say, if you say James Harden to the Raptors, I no, will flip the Pascal table. for Kawhi. Yeah, I would do that. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Why I don't would think, it ever happen? I don't think that's ever going to happen, especially not this year. Why would it ever happen? I think if you see the Clippers go have a terrible end to the season, which, I mean, like odds are they probably will not go anywhere this season, I don't even think this team will make the playoffs. It's all ISO game that they play. They the, the Clippers' problem is they have three ball handlers, four if you include Westbrook in there, mm-hmm. four guys that need the ball in their hand yeah. that play ISO ball. That's the thing. And all they do is take turns isolating defenses, posting up, and then fading away for a shot or how, driving. How can you possibly think that these four players would, would play well together? In symmetry and like yeah. good chemistry and, and work off each other. No. They've never done that their entire careers. You can't teach a 35-year-old player yeah. to play new, a new system. James Harden is literally going to ruin this team. And then that's another thing the commentator said. He's like, what are you, you going to do, James Harden, after this doesn't work out too? You, where are you going to go? You know, what's, you know what's annoying is that this might be the best that we've seen from Russell Westbrook in the last five years. Yeah. The best he's played. I know. I know. Shot I, selection. I fucking love Russell Westbrook. I love that player. I've yeah. loved him since... He's literally a former league MVP. Like he's when he was in OKC, he was like he fucking killed it. So I mean, like this, I don't know. It's frustrating because um, I do like individually. I do besides Harden, I do like these players. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. I guess. All right, let's move on. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, football here to wrap up our show. Yeah. Um, a lot going on in the football world. Uh, I don't really, you know, I was going to talk about CJ Stroud and Deshaun. CJ Stroud is torching the earth right now. Uh-huh. Easy run in for offensive play, rookie of the year. Um, he, he's in the MVP talks overall in the league. Um, getting the Houston Texans, who were a joke last year, to a winning record this year. They still have no one on that team. He's the only one who is decent on that team, and he's lifting a bunch of nobodies. He's the only one up they into need. relevance. He's the only one they he's need. He's the only one they need, but he is ridiculous, and he's only going to get better. Yeah. So. Um, you look at Bryce Young compared to CJ Stroud this year. Oh, God. Devastating. Like, Bryce Young is not cut out for the NFL yet. No. I don't know if he ever will be. 
we'll see. But like, it's still early. He's not terrible. Like, he still has, um, you know, really good uh, things to his game. Um, he still has more touchdowns and interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's not giving the ball away every single possession, which is great. Um, speaking of giving the ball away, I do you want to talk about the Buffalo Bills a little? Yeah, we can do that. I guess we got a lot of Bills fans that listen to the show. That's fine. We can talk about them a little bit. Um, they are giving up the ball way, 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 way too much. Um, Josh Allen, in particular, um, they just fired their OC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, they're not in. They're two games out of a playoff spot right now. Do you think they make the playoffs? I, you know, they have to. They have to win. They have to win games. And how do they win? They have to score points. They're not scoring enough points because they're giving the ball away too much. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen doesn't look like he is engaged. He doesn't look like he's having a good time. He looks miserable on the floor, on the on the floor, on the uh, on the I mean, field. he's on the floor a lot, so that's fair. But whether he's fumbling or throwing an interception, it's a bad interception. Um, he's getting reamed out by uh, Diggs every single game. Um, you I see think, what Trayvon Diggs came around? Yeah, he says, get 14 out of there. Mm-hmm. Deserves better. Trayvon 14 Diggs, referring Stephon to his Diggs brother. brother. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going on here, man? Like, what do you think they need to do? Can they fix this? Um, I think it's it's a matter of their offensive coordinator is gone. Um, and that's that's the guy that's on the Giants now in Brian Dable. Dable. Yeah. I think he was a, a big reason why Josh Allen had so much success. And we've kind of seen a decline since Brian Dable left. Um, where I don't know if it, it's a it's a matter of you know Josh Allen not getting the reins himself to just call plays himself, um, or kind of just go out there and do what he's got to do. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's there. Josh Allen just can't find the right players. Like Stephon Diggs, he's just not. They're not connecting. They're not on the same page. And if you look back, like Josh Allen wasn't really Josh Allen before Stephon Diggs came over. So Diggs came over, and then Josh Allen turned out to be like the the superstar out of this world quarterback because he was throwing the ball to Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs is just not getting touches because Josh Allen isn't looking for him. So it's frustrating. Um, they they also don't really have a great running game. I mean, you saw the mistakes that James Cook made in the last game. They lost the game. Like they they had a, I wouldn't say decent game, but they were. Uh, they had it like lined up for them to win and they lost the game based off the fact that they had 12 men on the field for a field goal yeah and they lost the game because of it <laughs> their oc would still have a job if that penalty had not happened yeah. right um they've moved on they brought in 34 year old joe brady um who was the quarterback coach on this team mm-hmm. josh allen don't get me wrong josh allen is not playing poorly this year he just has a problem with turning over the ball mm-hmm. Like he is, you know, he's been top three in MVP voting the last three years. Mm-hmm. If he can turn this around and the Buffalo Bills get into the playoffs, he will be top three again. He has 70% completion rate, 2,600 passing yards, and he already has 26 touchdowns this year. That is amazing. You know what I mean? That's great by all accounts. But success in the NFL is not measured off of individual. It's measured off of team success. And the team itself is not doing well. For quarterback success, I mean, by his measures, like, those numbers are great. Mm-hmm. He's productive, is what I'm saying. He's a productive quarterback. His team's not winning right now, but exactly what you said, team. So you're giving up all these turnovers, which in turn puts your defense, who's already banged up. They're already ravaged by injuries. Yeah. Every week, it seems like a top one of their defensive players goes, goes down. down yeah. You know, Matt Milano went down a few weeks ago. It was a massive loss. Mm-hmm. For 
the Bills. Now, like, you're, you're giving up the ball on offense, which puts more pressure on your defense, who's already ravaged. Yeah. You're not going to win games that way. So it starts with your offense securing the ball. That's what they need to do here. That's going to get them back into the win column. We'll see what happens this week. Um, but, again, you know, it all boils down to uh, Josh Allen. You know? Do you own day, him yeah. in any fantasy leagues? I don't know. It's hard to get Josh Allen. I mean, like, he usually goes – I mean, you took him in the first round, right? So yeah. you took – with your first and second picks in our league, you took two quarterbacks. So In a two-QB league. In yeah. a two-QB league. Yeah. And it's so good. It's good. So good. <laughs> Life <laughs> is good. Uh, we'll see if the Bills can figure it out. Um, on the flip we... side, I do want to talk a little bit about the Steelers. Oh, my God. Because I I'm... thought we were safe. No, I mean, like, listen – the Steelers are catching so much flack of their performance this year, saying how lucky they are, how like they, they should not be in the position they're at. They're six and three. They have a minus twenty seven point differential. Minus twenty seven. That means they've been they've given up twenty seven more points <clears throat> than they've scored. They average just over seventeen points a game. And they're finding ways to win. They're six and zero in one score games. Six and zero. Obviously, that's not going to continue. That's that spoils bad news if it continues to to go that way. Yeah. But Kenny Pickett isn't terrible. He's given up the ball the but least. He's also not good. <laughs> he's ter- what I just finished talking about. Um, Josh Allen's Achilles heel is mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett has only turned over the ball four times this year, whether it be uh, turnovers by interception or by fumble. And that is one of the main reasons they're winning. They're, they're forcing turnovers on defense, but they're not giving the ball up to the other team on offense. They're winning games because of that. The Buffalo Bills are losing games because of the opposite of that. Do you see that? Yeah, the Steelers are spending a lot of time on the offense, and it's a lot of just like walking up the field. It's not, not a lot of throwing the ball. It's or not a lot of throwing long distances, let's say. Yeah. It's a lot of just like working through each down as its own play. You know, and so they're they're staying they're staying on the field a lot, um, and it's working out for them. So, uh, do you think the Steelers make the playoffs this year? Well, they're certainly in a very very good position to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at their upcoming schedule. They play Cleveland twice. They play Baltimore twice. I feel like the games against Cleveland will be hard fought victories for the Steelers because of the massive loss that the the Browns just had. But I like their schedule. You know, they have a tough schedule throughout. And they don't match up well against anyone because they have no offense. Um, but I, they're going to continue winning, and it's not going to make any sense to anyone. Um, they're the most puzzlingly good team probably of all time. The Steelers are? Yeah. Pleasantly good. Puzzling. Oh, puzzlingly. I thought you said puzzlingly. puzzlingly. <laughs> um, Kenny Pickett needs to you know play decently enough, and they're going to continue winning. They have a shot. If they make it into the playoffs, anything we've seen – Anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, right. Fair. So you you'd be happy with this team winning a Super Bowl this year? Like you'd be happy with? I would be pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised if they okay. Yeah. My team, on the other hand, the New York Giants, we're playing for the first first yeah. round pick next year. Yeah. So the, you we're, know, what I feel most poorly about is um, on your Giants is Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Yeah. I mean, hey. If all goes well and the Carolina Panthers start to win a couple games, because we know for sure as hell the Giants aren't going to be winning any more games this year. Yeah. Daniel Jones is out. We got uh, Danny DeVito himself. 
Danny DeVito in uh, in a quarterback. Yeah, hey, two touchdowns last game though. He's yeah, he's not playing bad. He's, he still lives. He's at not home. playing good. He's not playing good. <laughs> let's let's throw that out there. But uh, you saw the 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 quote from him where he still lives at home and his his mom yeah. still makes him his meals and stuff. So that's who we got under quarterback right now. Um, but hey, it doesn't matter because next year Saquon Barkley will be playing with future Hall of Famer Caleb Williams as his starting quarterback. So. I do believe that the Giants, if they're bad enough, which I, hey, if there's one thing I believe about the Giants is that they're going to be bad enough. And I think they're going to have the first overall pick next year. I like it. I like it. Uh, should we move on into our uh, long-awaited segment? Long-awaited uh, segments. Oh. Let's drop it. <laughs> Missed that. Miss that. We're going to be doing some fantasy pickups of the week. Uh, we're going to do, let's do one each for, for football. Sure. Um, so I have a fantasy pickup of the week. Um, it goes hand in hand with what I literally just talked about 30 seconds ago. Um, that's the Washington defense mm-hmm. right now. If there's a defense that you want to go out and pick up right now, it's the Washington defense. They take on the New York Giants right now. The New York Giants will give up 200 sacks a game. They will give up interceptions. They will give up pick sixes. Go out there, and even though the Washington defense hasn't had a really good season so far yet, they will have a field day out there against the the Giants' offensive line and uh, just working alongside. Alongside, I mean, like, Tommy DeVito is going to be the one kind of handing them fantasy points all game. So go out there and get them. I mean that's a great, a great call. Like Dallas went off against that team last week, and like Dallas is one of the top defenses. Like the they took their foot off the gas pedal in the fourth quarter and gave up two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It was like they were, you know, like okay, have at it. You guys can try your something. best, and yeah. they almost didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, they put up almost that. fifty points. The the Cowboys did against the Giants. Uh, my pickup this week, um, it's going to shock a lot of players or. You know, fantasy players. fantasy players. Yeah. If you're a fantasy basketball player of of the last ten years, you know his, him by Tyson Chandler. Um, this isn't him, but he goes by Ty Chandler. Oh, okay. Um, the backup running back on the Minnesota Vikings. We saw Cam Akers go down with a torn ACL mm-hmm. um, earlier this a uh, couple weeks ago, um, and this past week, Alexander Madison went down with a concussion. Um, I think that Ty Chandler is going to be the starter this week which gives him a chance to be the number one and showcase the talent that he has. He he went off a little last week. Uh, he rushed for 15 uh, times for 45 yards and a touchdown. It's not great, but it was against New Orleans, and they have a very, very good defense. Who are they um, playing this week? Denver. Okay. Who doesn't have the greatest. They play better of recent. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you could see some Ty Chandler, especially with... Um, you know Josh Dobbs as a running back. He's a running quarterback, which opens up lanes for the running back. Right. I'm starting Ty Chandler if I can. About to go pick him up right now. You're gonna go pick him up right now. Uh, he's not available anywhere. Um, so <laughs> if he is available, though, I if think he is available, uh, he's only available in 46 percent of leagues right now. So some people were already, you know, before I even just said that, mm-hmm. they're already on it. Um, if he's available, go pick him up and potentially start him this week. Yeah, these are the yeah. pickups that could win you the week. Um, I'm currently first in our league. Neil, what are you right now in our league? 
dropped to fourth. I was first last week, but you know, you you you, you baited me into this conversation. <laughs> uh, I'm living in the now. I'm not living in last week. Now. There you go. But uh, I'll see you in the finals. That is gonna do it for our episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, have a good week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast.